Shalom. Welcome back. You're listening to Exercising Your Faith podcast. I am Anita Armstrong, and today I will be bringing you our message, our lesson for tonight. And I am excited to be before you as always, just to be among the living, to be on this side of heaven, to come before you and share what God has been teaching me. I I like to say that he's teaching me so then I experience it or I have an encounter with him and then I'm able to share what he's taught. I'm able to share his teaching with all of us, amen, from all the way to Japan, to Tennessee, to Mexico, to Italy. We are all over the globe and we're thankful for that. We are marching forward and we are not looking back, amen. Today's lesson is called Like, Share, and Subscribe. Like, share, and subscribe. And how that came about was that I was just sitting here looking at my son and some of his friends and even my 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 nieces. And when you ask them questions like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? What interests you? And 90% of the time I'm hearing, I want to be an influencer. I want to be an influencer. And I'm saying to myself, what do you want to influence? What are you trying to get people to do or to learn or to be or to gravitate towards, and it's always about, I want to influence them with my life. I want to be TikTok famous, Instagram famous. I wanna be in front of the camera 24 seven and let them see how my life, what's going on in my life, what I like, what's fun. And then, you know, I could give them some inspiration along the way. It's interesting because that is so much of what the young people, this generation, they're doing. That's what influences them, watching somebody else live life, and then they want that same thing for them. So in that, I was just thinking to myself, like, share, and subscribe. What if we spent time liking, sharing, and subscribing to God? Like, you know, my son and the young people, I'm like, where's God in all of this? God is not, or most of the time, is not a conversation in this influence type conversation that I'm having. And so the world as we know it is all about influence, trends, popularity. I even say like emotional self-feeding and competition. There's so much of it out there and it is becoming beautiful or it's intriguing, it's interesting. People want more of it. So in 2023, we're living in it now, it's all about gauging and comparing to the social measures of who or what they see and who is calling it cool and acceptable. They being the world, okay? And when I'm talking about social measures, I'm talking about people measures, you know, gauging themselves and measuring themselves up to the Joneses, as we used to say back when we were younger, trying to compete with the neighbors, okay? And so the center of all this is the little G. You know, I go back to this often, but this time I'm talking about the little G in the word ego. E-G-O, that little G in between the E and the O. Ego is what we humans, what we call I, we call it me, and we will call it spirit sometimes, okay? So the scriptural reference that I want us to go into, and this scripture, these scriptures here, they can preach for weeks. You can look at this in so many different ways. When you pray about it and you gravitate towards this scripture and you break it apart, God shows you so much of you and so much of him and so much of the world in these scriptures. Amen. The scripture for today, the scripture focus is John 2, 15 through 17. John 2, 
15 through 17. And it reads, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of flesh, the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Amen. And I'm going to break apart this scripture like I've done in the past and just give it to you how he gave it to me. Amen. And so when we look at that term pride of life, pride in itself, pride, and then pride of life, love, the love of beauty, the love of self, being conceited, self-centered, self-focused, selfish, arrogant, anything that points back to me, 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 I, 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 and self, that's pride of life. Pride of life. Now that doesn't come from God, that comes from the world. Amen. And so when you look at the world today, you just, you can flip through magazines, you can look over social media, even when you think about just technology in general, there's so much altercations, there's so much transformation in our appearance. Who are we trying to look good for? If you're not trying to look good for you, then who are you trying to look good for? And if you ask that person the question, who you say you're trying to look good for, does any of this matter? The lashes, the eyebrows, the wigs, and you know, that's talking about the women, but all the cars and and, and different equipment. And, and I had a person that I know he collects guns and guns and guns. I'm like, you only have two hands. You cannot shoot all 30 of these at one time. Even if you were in a position where you needed to use them, you only can shoot one gun at a time, okay? And so a lot of the times, all this stuff that we're doing and going through is self-inflicted. It's We did it to ourselves. And so when we take apart this scripture, this scripture tells us exactly what we need to do and not to do. It even gives, it goes far as to tell you when you do the right thing, this is what you can have. Amen. So this is John 2, 15 through 17. And in the very beginning of John 2, 15, we, we see these two words, do not. Do not is a command. It is not a suggestion. It is not an opinion. It is not up for conversation. Do not is a command. Just as if I said, move to the right, move to the left, stand up, wear this. I always say, just be like Nike and just do it. Nike says, just do it. We don't have a problem with that. But when the Bible says, just do this or don't do that, we, we look over it. We, it doesn't, it's not as important. And that's the key. We have placed the word and God, just worldly speaking, as not as important as self. The enemy got us twisted. The enemy's gotten into our ear, made love to our ear, talking to us in our ear and mankind and humans, we have just totally twisted and, and contorted what God has intended to be of use to us. And when we look at the phrase in John 2, 15, 17, or I should say these two words again, it talks about the world, the world. I believe in this scripture, I see it one, two, three, four, four times, maybe more. I think I see it four times in John 2, 15 through 17, the world. The world is talking about the systems of rebellion against God. 
See, God made the world. And when God made the world, he made it good. There was nothing in the world that was evil until Adam and Eve, they had the, the gift of choice. They made a choice and had it has affected all of mankind. That choice was expensive. That choice is still costly today. Amen. So the world, we're talking about the systems of rebellion against God. I'm not talking about the things such as money or guns. You know, you've heard of people say, you know, money is evil. No, the love of money is evil. It's the intention. It's the attention and affection that you've given to money that's evil. Because that was supposed to be that love was supposed to be towards God, not money. We got, we get all, everything that we need, it comes from God. God is our source to our resources, not money. Amen. When you look at guns, guns, it's just matter on a table. It's just metal. It's just elements together that form this thing that expels explosions, you know, and it does nothing just sitting there. Guns are not bad. Guns are not evil. It's the intent of the person that's holding the gun that can make that evil, that makes evil come about because of the gun, amen? So it's important that we go to the root of things to understand, is this good or is not of good? Is this of God or is this not of God, amen? And so the world's belief system places everything above God, everything, which is the wrong focus. So the world gives the wrong focus. The world is the wrong focus. Amen. Pride of life. Let's talk about that a little bit. We talked a little bit about love of beauty, love of self. Pride of life, when the word pride had me thinking about the sexual identity crisis that we have all across the globe, right? The sexual identity crisis is a root in self-love. A lot of the times I've listened to a lot of documentaries over the last six, seven months about these Christians that were in the LBGTQ, transgender, homosexuality, all of that. They were in that community and they have come out of that and they have given their life to Christ and now they're living for Christ. And all of them, they don't know each other, whatever. It was just a series of different things I was listening to in reference to people transitioning transitioning from that lifestyle of homosexuality and sexual immortality to being a Christian. And they all go back to love, self-love. I feel like this. I've always felt that I was the wrong gender. I feel I need to go and have these implants or this type of surgery. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. That lifestyle is so centered on flesh and selfishness and what they want, not about what God wants. Not one time did I hear someone say, I prayed about it and I asked God, does he want me to go through with the surgery to change my, my sex? Does he want me to go forth with this homosexual relationship? Does he want me? Not one time did I hear any of them say that they consulted with God, talked with God, prayed, and God told them to move forward into that, 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 um, that sexual sin, that sexual lifestyle or whatever it may be preference. And so again, the enemy has gotten behind the lines, which is in our heart and starts dropping lies in the hearts of those struggling in these areas. Pride, right? Pride, literally pride. So the last term that I wanna look at is desire. Desire. Desire in these scriptures, John 2, 15 through 17, desire basically means what we love. 
Desire is what we love. That's desire. So John uses the Greek word epithumia. It's spelled E-P-I-T-H-U-M-I-A. Epithumia is a Greek word, and it means a deep desire or love for something particular, right? So desiring is above everything else. And we know that the world puts everything above God. This type of desire that, that, that God created was for him. God created this depth of desire called epithumia, and that was supposed to be for God. He created it so that we can have that for God. And of course, the enemy gets in there and twists it and turns it into self. Amen. Any and everything that God made good, the enemy came and has turned it into itself, has turned it against itself. Amen. And caused it to not focus on God. But the devil knows God. The devil is an ancient creature, an ancient being, an ancient spirit. The devil used to be Team Jesus. Okay. The devil knows God. The devil knows Jesus. The devil knows all the archangels. The devil knows the little angels. The devil knows all of that that's in heaven. There is no death in heaven. So all of that, the enemy knows it. But the enemy spends so much time getting in our ear, getting in our mind, getting in our heart, telling us that God isn't real, that you don't have to worry about following the Bible. You don't have to deal with that. But the thing is, even the devil knows that it is true. The enemy knows that God is true and that his word is real, more so than a lot of us because we have allowed the enemy to to downplay or water down the seriousness and the, the, the truth about the word, amen. So again, desire is just a desire. The desire I'm talking about in this scriptures is just a love, a strong and a deep love for something. So God created this type of desire for him. And we hear that phrase, living my best life. Well, this can really be, living my best life can be a reality when we align our epithumia with his will. Amen. You got to get lined up. If you don't line up, you're going to miss it. You're going to go past it on accident. You're going to go past it and go too far. And a lot of the times when you want to get it right, and you're finally getting it right, you got to come back around and start where you left off, right? So the world's mindset is distorted, twisted, and it goes against all that God is. God has given us choice. It's been around forever. In the, in the Garden of, of Eden, it was there. God gave us choice. And when sin entered the world due to our choices, we humans, we replaced God for God's creation. Did you hear me? We replaced God for God's creation. God created Lucifer. God created Hasatan. God created the evil one. God created Satan. At one time, he wasn't all of those things, but his choices caused him to now be that. And so God created him, but the humans, what we've done is we've taken God out of the equation and put the evil one into the into God's place. And then that's why we have this worldly mess. That's why we have so much chaos right now. God made Lucifer the most beautiful of all of his creation. And a lot of times we are expecting Lucifer to be some ugly thing, some creature that looks like a goat with red skin and horns and teeth and a beard and kind of with a, you know, with a pointy tail and short even or whatever. I don't know where all that came from, but that's all a lie because even the Bible says that Lucifer is beautiful. He is so beautiful that many others, he has angels that follow him. 
That's how beautiful he was. He was able to persuade them to follow him, take their eyes off of God and follow him. That's how beautiful and powerful Lucifer is and was. And Lucifer knows God and every angel. He knows them personally. And he tells beautiful lies to try and pull us away from God's truth. He does it every day, all day. He never sleeps. This is his agenda all the time. And not much has changed today from what we read in the Bible. Don't think that just because we're in 2023, that remember, there is nothing new under the sun. All of this that we go through, it may look different, may smell different. It may have a a little twist on it. But the core of it all, this has all happened before, okay? Let me tell you about this guy named Moses. Moses in the Bible. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Exodus 32. I'm going to be in that area real quick. And I'm just going to paraphrase some things for you. And then we're going to read a little bit of scripture. And then I'm going to get out the way. Amen. Because I want you to get this. I want you to apply this. And I want you to use this in your life as you are going through and on your sanctification walk, as my pastor will say. Amen. So in chapter chapter in Exodus chapter 32 we see that Moses goes up on the mountain to speak with God for about 40 days and in his absence the people they were growing tired they started murmuring and complaining and start becoming afraid okay they had just came from I don't say just came from but God had delivered them from 200 years of slavery they crossed the Red Sea you know, he, they, they watched the enemy get gobbled up in the ocean and they knew God did this. And still, even after that, they started to complain. They became impatient. Moses was with God and they know he's a man of God. Why are you flipping out? But a lot of them thought maybe he died. Maybe he's not coming back. So they start to get anxious. Amen. And the Bible says be anxious, anxious for nothing. Right. So anyway, the people grow tired and they go and they make a demand from their temporary leader, which is Aaron. They demanded that he make them some gods, right? And so Aaron, I think he was afraid that they were going to beat him up or throw him out or, or you know, or kick stone him even, kill him. And so I think he became afraid. And so Aaron tells them to collect gold to make a molten calf. And I was like, why God? Why in the world would he say something like that? Moses is his brother. He knows that this isn't right. Yet I truly believe that Aaron, you know, where they come from, he was falling back on what felt safe. And in the Middle Eastern culture, it is common for them to worship many little gods, many little gods and gods and little statues that they can see, that they can hold, that they can put in their pocket, that they can pray to. It's a very, it's very much a visual type of spirituality. And so now they were sitting here serving Moses as God, who was invisible, who was talking to Moses a whole bunch, but wasn't really talking to them that much. Well, they also didn't have a relationship with God because if they would have, I think they would have had some peace about some things, amen? And Aaron totally messed up right there. And so they went back and they did what Aaron, they did what Aaron said. They went and gathered up all the gold and they and they melted it and they made themselves a, a, a metal golden calf, amen? They went back to what felt familiar and they went back to what felt safe. A lot of times we do that too. We're waiting on God. We become impatient and we know that God's got us. We've known he's done it before. He'll do it again. And yet we get to a place and I'm guilty of it too. I've done it. We get to a place where we're like, well, let's just do it like this because I'm tired of waiting. 
right? And that's going to cause some problems every single time. These people at that time, they were in a state of uncertainty and their man of God was nowhere to be found, okay? And they were used to gods that they can see. The God of Israel was invisible, like I said, and they were struggling with their faith big time. And so Aaron was like, you know what? We made the calf, we made the, the gods, and he still was focused on pleasing them. He was a people pleaser. And so he said, let's have a party to celebrate the new gods. And Aaron literally told them that these were the real gods. So I'm thinking you, you went against what? You went against God. He knows better, but he still did it. He even went to say that the, the new gods are the ones that truly delivered them from Egypt. Lie, 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 and lie. Okay, so God tells Moses, you need to go back down the mountain because the people are losing sight of the truth. God knew it and he told Moses, you got to go back because they are losing it. And so Moses collected up the two tablets that were uh, the Ten Commandments that God had written on, that God himself did the work on those tablets. And he sent him back down the hill. And as he approached, Moses could hear a party. Amen. He could hear them having a party and he saw the golden calf and they were naked running around and and um just being wild that's what i'm gonna say they were just running around being wild and moses was like this is not how i left them this is not what i taught them what in the world is going on and so let's in the bible i'm gonna turn i'm gonna read to you verses 32 19 through 35 real quick and that's Exodus 32, and you can follow along with me if you have your Bible. And I'm going to go to 19, and I'm going to go all the way to 35. And I'm reading from the King James Version. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and broke them between the mountains. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it unto the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. So Aaron went on and said, you know, you can't satisfy these people. I had to, basically. You know, they don't listen. Basically, that's what he was saying. So basically, he allowed them to trump what he knows what God has set forth for them. And 23 says, for they said unto me, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not want we want not what is become of him basically they were saying we don't know where he's at we don't know what happened to him we don't even know if he's coming back and we don't like this feeling verse 24 says and i said unto them whosoever hath any gold let them break it off so they gave it to me then i cast it into the fire and there came out this calf i can't believe he said that with his mouth that they gave me the gold and I threw the gold into the fire and this calf came out. I'm thinking to myself, do you know, do you not know who you're talking to? Moses knows that's all garbage, but he said it anyway. And that's his brother, remember? And I believe, yeah, Aaron is his older brother. I'm not sure. Okay. And so I believe so. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. 
Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said to them, thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, put every man his sword by his side and go in and out from the gate through the camp and slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. Because Aaron was being so weak, he was being a weak leader. Because Aaron was being a weak leader, it cost those people 3,000 lives. 3,000 lives because of what they did that day. What they did, they couldn't wait. They were impatient, amen. And so Aaron missed the mark as a leader for God and he missed the mark being in place of Moses. He missed the mark leading Moses' people in his absence. And to avoid possible kickback from the people, he liked, he shared, and he subscribed to the people's mess. He even said that they set out on mischief, that they are set on mischief. He said that himself in the verse. And whenever there was an issue in the past, you can read in, in the scriptures before the one that I started on, you can read that whenever there was an issue in the past, especially dealing with those people, Moses, he went to God. Moses went to God about it and got direction. Aaron, you're thinking that he is an assistant to Moses, that he's Moses' brother, that he's with Moses. He's seeing how God is moving in Moses' life. You think he would go to God and get direction. But fear is my thinking that fear got him, trying to please the people got him, and he went on his own accord, his own fleshly accord, his own thinking, his own devices, and said, you know what? We're gonna just do it this way. Well, that was an expensive choice. And 3,000, about 3,000 people died because of that choice. So when we talk about worldly influences, it definitely has power. It definitely has power and it definitely has momentum and they are constantly changing. One thing about God is he doesn't change. Now, when you're dealing with the world, and I'm gonna say the father of this world, Satan, it's constantly changing. And I think a lot of the times it's changing because the devil knows that he doesn't have a lot of time left. And so he's trying to figure out and, and, and pull us in no matter what and no matter how. So he's constantly changing things to keep you interested. He doesn't want you to get bored and go back to the word of God. Amen. So I'm going to leave you with three ways that you can avoid or if you need to come out of world of a world mindset to, in order to do that, you must have an eternity perspective eternity perspective to avoid or to come out of the world mindset we must have an eternity perspective and i'm going to tell you by liking and sharing and subscribing to god like share and subscribe to god that is how you come out of world i'm sorry worldly mindsets and that's how you enter into eternity perspective number one you need to like what will help you make God choices now. Like what will help you to make God choices now. A good question to ask yourself is, will this matter to me in a million years from today? Whatever it is that you're trying to decide on, whether it's big, small, whatever you're trying to decide on, ask yourself, is this so important that it will have effect on me a million years from now? A million years from now, you will be a spirit, hopefully in heaven. 
you know, I don't know when the rapture is going to come, but your end destination is to be in heaven. How will this affect me in heaven? How will this cause issues for me for not getting into heaven? Or will this be a problem in heaven? You know, like I always say, God, if this is not something I need to be doing, take it out of my hand right now because I don't want to make the choice and make a mistake. Amen. Number two, share with others about how you live a life according to God's set rules. And yeah, it may look strange. I always tell people it may look strange, but this is the thing. Who cares? We have God. There are others out there living according to the word and living a blessed life. People are watching and learning by our example. So give them something godly to look at. That's an eternity perspective, amen? And the third thing is subscribe to God's heart. Subscribe to God's heart. Break away from what breaks God's heart, okay? Whether it's stinking thinking, getting along just to get along, conforming to today's agenda. No, cut all that out. Delete that. Trash it. We are not to accept or agree to what goes against the Bible. Flat out, point blank, period. It's a no. Amen. So those are three eternity perspectives for you and apply them. Apply all of the above and all of these will keep you in position for victory. Amen. Like, share, and subscribe to God. Amen. I'm getting ready to get out of here. You all be blessed continue to take down those giants. And again, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas, prayer requests, praise reports, send them to our email at exercisingyf at gmail.com. Again, that is exercisingyf at gmail.com. You all be blessed. Shalom.